everyone. This is Tom, Tom Salemi, and you're listening to the MedTech Talk podcast, which of course is the one and only podcast affiliated with the MedTech Conference, which we hold every spring in Minneapolis. We'll be doing that again next year, uh, but right now we're working on our other event, is the Ophthalmology Innovation Summit. It's one of our many events in healthcare. And uh, we typically have an OIS in uh, the spring before ASCRS and in the fall before AAO. Uh, now we're going to have a new one. It's, uh, it's being held actually on Monday in San Francisco before the ASRS annual meeting. And this is a, a, an OIS that will be focused exclusively on the retina. Uh, we look both at, uh, at biotech and at, uh, at medtech. And uh, it's, uh, it's obviously a, a fascinating space. The retina is, a, is an enormous opportunity for uh, med tech companies and for uh, pharmaceutical companies to treat some really awful diseases. So we're uh, looking forward to having that event again on Monday, uh, August 8th at the Marriott Marquis in San Francisco. And uh, one of our, uh, our key notes or our, our key man players to OIS is, uh, is Jim Mazo, who, uh, who is no stranger to anyone in medtech or ophthalmology. Uh, Jim uh, moderates one of our, uh, our more popular panels, the Masters of the Industry, or we were calling it the Masters of the Universe, where he talks to the leaders of the strategic uh, players in, uh, in ophthalmology. It's, uh, it's always a great conversation. Jim really tries to, to dig and get some, uh, some answers that uh, will uh, benefit everyone in the audience. And uh, we're very happy that he's doing it again this year. But this year has a new twist because Jim himself uh, is uh, sort of assuming a master's, uh, a master's mantle of his own. Jim is uh, taking over a new ophthalmic-oriented uh, business unit of Carl Zeiss Meditech. And uh, it's, uh, it's an area that uh, it's, it's a business that's been in... Uh, Obviously, in devices and ophthalmology for for well over a century, it's one of the, it's the oldest player in ophthalmology. But uh, it's 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 new focus uh, of 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 uh, this business unit will be sort of bringing all those those products together, and Jim will be leading that effort going forward to uh, to look at new diagnostics and new med tech therapeutics that can can help treat. Uh, uh, blindness or uh, other vision related problems. So it's a it's a great opportunity for Jim, who obviously has had success uh, spinning out companies like uh, AMO and then leading the divisions uh, that uh, was eventually acquired by Abbott Medical. Uh, he had success with AccuFocus, uh, leading that startup to now its uh, commercial launch of uh, of its inlay camera inlay for presbyopia. So uh, this is a, a new challenge for for Jim Mezzo, and we talked to him today about what he hopes to do uh, for Carl Zeiss and about the opportunities in ophthalmology for medtech. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jim Mazo of Carl Zeiss. Well, Jim Mazo, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Tom. It's great to be a, get a chance to talk to you. It's uh, been just a couple months since I think we talked since the uh, last OIS. How, how are you? I'm doing great and looking forward to uh, OIS at ASRS next week. And you'll be leading our Masters of the Industry panel, correct? Yes, I will. Always love love those sessions. I'm going to have some fun with it. Now, will you will you be wearing two hats now, both as moderator and now uh, as a master himself? Are you going to ask yourself the same tough questions you ask everyone else? Well, I think, <laughs> you know, this could be, uh, it's an interesting one. We were talking about that. I, I, I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep the old hat here 
since I've already got the team in place, uh, in fact, Lidwin will be on the dais, but we'll see going forward how we, we handle that. Maybe I have to move from moderator to be one of the uh, core individuals sitting on the panel, but uh, it's been fun. I'll continue to do it, and I'll always stay participating in OIS. So I absolutely love that function, and as you know, it's a great industry as well as practitioner uh grouping for us oh, we always appreciate your support and, and i'm guessing that uh, after your uh, panel at ois at asrs that ludwin just was so impressed by your moderation of the panel that he came up and offered you this job right then and there is that how it came down well actually uh, michael kotchke who's the chairman ceo uh, that's who i work with now and that's who i um, spent most of my time around this uh, michael and i've known each other for years and and we've just kept a very cordial and open relationship um, and then, of course, I built the relationship with Ludwin over the past uh, year or two. Um, but Michael and I started this discussion, not me joining, but just started a discussion about what's happening in the industry, um, you know, once I left Abbott. And so we've been talking. And then as, um, as AccuFocus has continued to progress, um, Michael and I had a little more serious discussions. And this really just came to fruition in the last uh, couple months where we both decided that you know, maybe this is a good time for myself. Um, I needed some things changed at um, at uh, Vice, as you know. They put all it under one direction. And so we agreed that this could be uh, hopefully a, a strong combination uh, between myself and the group, and I'm looking forward to it. That's great. Well, well give me an assessment of Zeiss's inventory in ophthalmology now. What, what are you working with? So we, so I have responsibility for the whole ophthalmology and optometry business on a worldwide basis. So that obviously includes their tremendous diagnostic equipment, uh, their refractive components, the smile procedure, et cetera, uh, and the cataract franchise, which is the mel, you know, I'm sorry, which is the intraocular lenses. Uh, so full laser, uh, full diagnostic portfolio, Callisto, um, you know, full IOL range. Obviously, we have some gaps, but if you look at it across the board, Zeiss by far has the broadest breadth and depth of any product line in ophthalmology. So, and where so where do you go from there? You you do have a broad offering now. How does this company look different in three or four years under uh, under this this division? How does it look different uh, in three or four years under Jim Mazo? Well, I think first off, you know me. You've known me now for a while. I would sit there and say, you know, there's no hierarchical organization here. Uh, one guy can't make any difference, and nor should he or she be able to. You know, we're going to flip the organization a little and make sure that the customer is at the top, and I think that's one. Um, you know, Zeiss, let's start with the strength. That's really why I joined and why I don't think there's any need for a change. 150-year history, um, strong stability, strong stability going forward. And as you know, Tom, in our industry today, I don't think many companies can talk about stability. Uh, there's a lot of change. It's the most change I've ever seen. So we've got a stable group, broad product portfolio. And one of the things that I think is a really important component is that, and this is something that I want to spend more time on, having the broadest uh, capabilities in diagnostics actually allows us to be more of a partner with a physician than anybody else. You know, if, if you talk to doctors, and, and answer your question about where we need to be. Doctors today have clearly communicated that they obviously need the technology, but they require to be more efficient. They have to be more efficient. In order to be more efficient, you need the products that are allow the doctor to diagnose what the patient's problem is. So when they walk in the door, they can identify it, 
diagnose it, and then treat it. If they don't have the proper diagnostic tools in their armamentarium, they're not guessing, but they're not really hitting the mark on the, on the results for the patient, and thus you might have to have a repeat visits, et cetera, et cetera. So I think what I want to do is accelerate that diagnostic portfolio even more so, help the doctors become uh, more proficient on a global basis of identifying what the issues are. Um, I think the other one is Zeiss is extremely strong, but we have been a bit slow. I'm not going to sit there and say that, you know, it's the fastest organization. I think we need to be quicker speed to market on products, quicker to react to practitioners' needs, um, and then ensuring that they're seen as a partner. Uh, and then I would say that you're going to see more breadth and depth. Uh, we're a device company. I think we'll stay in the device companies. But retina, glaucoma, dry eye, presbyopia, the four that I have said are going to be the greatest concentration of efforts in ophthalmology and optometry over the next five to ten years. That's where we're going to continue to spend our time. We're in all those today, in either diagnostic or actual uh, implementation techniques, but we are going to spend more time and energy there and improve our breadth and depth either through R&D and or acquisition. So faster, more diagnostic operations to help facilitate quicker from a standpoint of bringing products to market and then obviously moving ourselves to a, a clear, trying to get to a clear number one position in ophthalmology. And we're going to have Zeiss on, on the panel next week, one of our panels about innovation in retinal imaging. Uh, diagnostics, does it go beyond imaging? I mean, are we getting into a, a point where you're talking about sort of precision-type medicine as you're seeing in other specialties? Or is it still very much imaging, seeing the eye just better than you, than you could before? Well, I, think, I, I don't think it's an either-or. You know, I, I think, you know, if you look at our biometry, you look at uh, what the, Zeiss has accomplished, if we can improve the imaging capabilities, it gives the doctors more confidence. Um, but I think we do need to expand to more to where we're actually diagno- diagnosing the problem on a much more proactive measurement. So I think it's not an either-or. I think it's a combination of. We've got to identify um, the issue that the patient has. You know, a doctor, uh, I was talking to a physician, and he said to me, you know, Jim, he says, I, I, you know, I see 30 patients in a day. I've got to get to 35 to 40. That's what I have to be at because I can't continue to run this operation at 30. Well, the only way to get to 35 and 40, I don't think, there, I don't think we're adding any more hours to the day. Um, the only way to get to there is to make them more proficient in the office. Doctor still has to see the patient. You know, you can't mend off the patients too much. So can we improve their, their proactive diagnostics? I mean, Tom, look at dry eye. We're still guessing with dry eye today, 2016. We're still guessing. We have some decent diagnostics, but not very good diagnostics. They're okay. They're better than they were. I give a lot of credit, but we can get much better there. Retina. Physicians are still don't have the therapies, yet they still don't have the, overall the best diagnostics. We have some great diagnostic instrumentation. So we can get better. The runway for this company and this industry is huge. And does that push to the better diagnostics? Does that naturally lead to, to building on the therapeutics that will then treat the diseases you're diagnosing? Is that the is that the pathway? Well, and I'm I, the answer is for us. You know, if the, if whatever helps the patient, yes. Now, does that mean we're going to get into therapeutics? I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's probably the mission in the next three years. Uh, I think it's still to broaden our our medical device portfolio. That's the mission. But if it allows a physician to be better and 
and and help him or her in prescription therapy? Sure. And that that's that's our goal too. We're not trying to be selfish and only move in the therapies that we have, but we need to diagnose these issues better. We've got to make the doctor more efficient. We have to be proactive on what the patient's needs are. It's a requirement today on a global basis. And, and I, I sort of misspoke with my question. Therapeutics and that devices as well. As you get better uh, therapeutics to diagnostic disease, you would look for devices in that space that could, yes. of course, treat yes. that disease. That would be the natural pathway. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, the answer is yes, most definitely. And we have some of those today. Sure. But we can get we can get better. Um, and again, uh, as I said, we'll we'll always try to do this through an R and D efforts. But potentially, uh, we'll look at business development too. Again, I'm I'm very lucky to join an organization that has history. Um, it has a foundation. It's got a strong financial background. Uh, you know, part of it's uh, the the Zeiss company is also a foundation. Uh, the Meditech business, the medical device business, is a public entity. Um, so we've got a great uh, ability to go out and, and acquire where we feel we need to. Hi, everybody. Tom here. Just want to take a quick break from this conversation with Jim Mazo to invite you to go to OIS.net. Check out the agenda for OIS at ASRS. And uh, please do register. We'd love to see you there on August 8th at the Marriott Marquis, uh, our OIS events do a great job of bringing together KOLs with entrepreneurs, with investors and executives to discuss one of the hottest spaces in, uh, in medtech, and that's ophthalmology. So go to OIS.net. Now back to this conversation. That physician you, you cited earlier, 35, 40 patients a day, is that specifically what that physician, him or her, had to see? That's what he said. That's what he said to me. You know, oh. and again, some that that's might like, be high for some that might be low for others. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's what he, the point of being is that's a busy, that's a busy practice. Yeah. 35. Yeah. <laughs> and if he's got to get to 40, uh, how, you know, he can only run so fast. And what you don't want to do is jeopardize the, the 35 or the 40 by him or her only being able to see them for a couple minutes. So by proper diagnostic tools with the team in the office, when that doctor walks in, he's got pretty well a pretty good answer of what he's identifying. Um, you know, so that he can proactively already in his mind start to think of the therapeutic ability to, to handle their issues. Um, but efficiency is, is the critical need. Uh, you know, I think about femtosecond. Why are femtosecond lasers really not gravitated as much as everybody thought? Great technology, great idea, precision, capsorexis, potential to break up the lens, all the positiveness. You know, put away the capital expenditure to the side. Every practice will decide if they can afford things. But if you can afford things that make you better, people figure out a way. But what's it done? It hasn't accelerated the doctor. In fact, in some cases, it slowed them down. So can we get can we get femtosecond laser technology to be more efficient? I think the answer is yes. Um, so, you know, so those are the type of things we need to get to where we use the technology, but we cannot take a step backwards by making them less effective and not being able to see the same amount of patients or more. Interesting. Where does the uh, innovation come from? I'm, I'm assuming it's a combination of both outside and inside, but is there one area that might see an increase of resources from Zeiss? Buying, buying new companies, buying outside companies, or really bulking up the R&D inside, internally? You know, it's too early for me. It's 48 hours today. <laughs> um, so and so, I haven't even been. So I really don't have the full breadth. I I've just started to analyze the R and D portfolio, and I'm going to be in Germany in a couple of weeks and do a full blown analysis. 
So the answer is it's far too early. But, you know, I do know we have gaps. Um, I do know that, you know, if we don't have internal projects, we're going to go after external. Um, but there isn't a company today that doesn't have gaps. Every company has gaps. Um, we just want to make sure we're making the right bet. But my point is um, we want to f- always go through R&D. That's the best way to do it. But we're not going to be the not invented here syndrome. You know, we, we, we had the premise at AMO uh, that we will do a complement of both. And obviously we did quite well by growing the company and getting into spaces through acquisition. You know, it's, it's the same venue. If we see something that somebody else has come up with, we're not going to be ignorant enough to say, well, we didn't come up with it, so it's not very good. And this is going to be talking about your experience now leading this this group in Zeiss. This is kind of different from some of your past experiences. I mean, you spun out groups, obviously, and you follow, followed them back into a big corporation. You ran, ran a startup with uh, AccuFocus. How different is this sort of taking taking a division within a company? How different an experience is this for you? And are there any sort of lessons you've learned from, from past experiences that you're going to be carrying in into this one? You know, it's a good question. It is different, and that's part of the intrigue. Um, you know, first off, I think what I, what I like is obviously the, the, what's appealing to me is the global nature of the business. Um, that's one. Uh, number two, it's all under one umbrella. Even though it's, it's housed in a large engine, it's all under one umbrella. Um, it's one of the largest uh, portions of the business, so it's very material. Because sometimes you can be part of a company, uh, but be a small part, so your 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 significance is less. This is a this is the by far the largest part of the medical device, and also one of the largest divisions. So so it's important to the growth of the company. Um, what I've learned, and I said this when I took on a small company, the the challenges that big and small companies have are are very similar, and, and start with people. Um, you know, it still requires strong people. Uh, and so 90% of your opportunities are people and 90% of your problems are people. Um, if you have the great ones, your life is really good. If you've got some, some problems, your life is really bad. So, you know, I, I would tell you that that doesn't matter if you have, if you have 20 in an organization, um, or you have 2000. In fact, one could say that it's tougher in a smaller organization because, you know, if you have two bad people or one is one, your percentage is much higher than in a larger organization. But in a larger organization, sometimes it's harder to find the individual if that's causing the problem. I think the other learning that I have here is that, especially in my career, you know, where, where I want to do is I love this industry. This I owe this industry a lot, 36 years in this business, uh, and I wanted to just stay in this industry um, and continue whatever time I have left working here. I had no desire to go outside and learn a different industry. Um, so I'm able to uh, stay, continue to be involved uh, with the ASCRSs, the ESCRSs, the OISs, the academies of the world, um, stay involved with the IIIC, continue to do my other activities uh, with, them, with the medical device boards. So I'm able to continue to do what I was doing. Unfortunately, I had to leave AccuFocus, but they're in a great place. So I'm able to do everything that I've been doing Obviously, now uh, continued on a larger scale, but for p- me personally, uh, this just fits perfect. I'm going to keep a small little office here in Orange County. Um, I'm going to be up in Northern California, which is where really my main office is, and then uh, travel. Because the last time I checked, there isn't a customer in any one of our offices, so I'm going to be in the field um, talking to customers, meeting with customers, learning technologies. And that's what I did when 
I ran the small companies, and that's what I'll continue to do here. I guess you'll be you'll be visiting that vineyard once or twice, I suppose. Well, you know that the other nice thing about it, I don't know <laughs> that that was an appeal. Dublin, California, is very close to Napa, so as you know, I'm part owner of that winery. So uh, you know, if I happen to be there on a Friday, there's a good excuse to stay up there on a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, my son and, and daughter-in-law are up there, and so uh, yeah, so it's it, it actually worked out quite well. Um, so I, I'm you know uh, the the stars were aligned for this. And uh, I'm really looking forward to working with the Zeiss team. It's been a, it's somebody I was telling the team, I competed against them. And so I know them. And so when I competed against them, I knew we had to be sharp. And, um, but I knew that there was opportunity there. Um, and I was just hoping at the time when I competed against them, they didn't uh, fully exploit that. Well, now I'm here, so we're going to fully exploit it. That's great. And final question. Uh, give us a little preview of uh, next week at, at OIS at ASRS. You gave a little uh, ASCRS, rather. You gave a great little opening with uh, the Agario game from House of Cards and sort of gave an overview of the consolidation of the industry. What do you, uh, what's your, you have an opening theme for, for this one at OIS at ASRS? Well, you know, this is a, this is a very, you know, this is a different type of group from that perspective. Um, so really that what I'm, what I'm trying to do at this group is to truly uh, kind of educate uh, what's happening in our industry. You know, if you look at retina, um, it is still the biggest frontier that we have faced. So my theme is, you know, driving breakthroughs and global access. You know, why is the U.S. so much larger in serving retina than any other markets? Why is that? Uh, you know, with the sheer number, um, how do we address patient compliance? How do you continue to innovate? Uh, you know, what is gene therapy? We didn't really talk gene therapy in other categories. So retina, unlike anything else, um, really has kind of a different makeup. Um, it's very severe disease. There's nothing really knocking it out of the park today from a pure um, response standpoint. So I really want to. I, w- I really want to address that. Uh, I think you know it's, and I'm going to hopefully get these guys out of their comfort zone as I try to do. You know, through some fun questions, but I, I you know. Your audience is not sitting there to be uh, um, entertained. They're they're there to to listen and find out what these leaders are thinking about and put them on the spot. And I always try to do it in a nice, positive, fashion way, but I've got some difficult questions for them. Um, That's why I like to stay as the uh, moderator. I don't want to be on the panel. I I want to stay as the moderator. You're just trying to avoid karma, right? You know know what karma can be. It's much more fun asking the questions. As a as a journalist, I agree with you 100. percent I'd rather be on this microphone than that one. And we're always having. I'm a little worried that payback's going to be hell. (laughs) The guys are going to want to love. I know Tom Frenzy's probably going to want to jump on that one in a minute. Yeah, Frenzy wants to do the next one. He'll do OIS at AAO. He'll host that one. Anyway, it's a pleasure to have you uh, at uh, next week's event. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Congratulations on this new leadership role with Zeiss. Thanks, Tom. It's always a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Take care, Jim. All right, everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you, Jim Mazur, for joining us on the MedTech Talk podcast. Thank you, MedTech Talk podcast listeners, for joining us again on uh, this great opportunity to speak to you directly. I really enjoy doing these podcasts a lot. Can I ask you to do a few things for us? If you could uh, just check out the OIS at ASR's agenda at OIS.net. If you go to uh, MedTechConference.com, if you're not receiving the MedTech Talk newsletter, sign up for it. We're going to send you this podcast and other great content directly to your inbox. We just need your email, nothing else. 
So uh, go to medtechconference.com. And third, I uh, would love to uh, hear from you. Uh, you could uh, do a few things. You could email me at uh, tom at healthag.com. It's the word health followed by the letters egy.com. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. Let me know, know what I'm doing right. And let me know who I should be doing interviews with. Uh, reach me there directly. I'm also on Twitter at MedTechTom. You know what to do with that. And lastly, if you have uh, just a few seconds and you could uh, rate this podcast on iTunes, uh, please do that. It, it helps us a lot. And uh, I know other podcasts ask you to do it and they explain why. So I won't get into it. But, uh, but just uh, give us a rating, uh, as many stars as you think is fair. And if you have more than three seconds, uh, write a little review. That's very helpful as well. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So that's it. That's it for this MedTech Talk podcast. Look forward to talking to you next week and bringing you another tale of innovation.